Hey, welcome back to Mind Over Movies. I'm Isaac. And I'm Casey. Hey, Casey, what do you think happens when we die? Uh, eternal oblivion. Really? No. Probably we go to a different plane of existence. Oh, yeah. We might be two-dimensional shapes in the next plane. I think, uh, yeah, I think we just stop. Just, <laughs> we just stop? Yeah, I okay. mean, you know, you exist in one moment, and then, boom. Boom. You're gone. Non-existent. Just like all the all the fans of uh, Snake Eyes, the the film coming oh, out yeah. soon. Hey, non-existent fans, yeah, right? <laughs> we only watch high art films. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that fucking trailer. It's so goofy. I I can't believe that they're doing it. I like, can't either. What did did people see like GI Joe Retaliation and go like? We need more. <laughs> yeah, literally. I saw that movie in theaters years and years and years ago, and I used to watch the G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. Oh, yeah. I used to watch that going to bed like every night um, just because it, it was a sleep movie for me. I don't know why I enjoyed it so much, but I was just like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. I really like these serene shots of them blowing up the Eiffel Tower, you know. Yeah, like... that was a pretty epic, epic scene. Actually, the action in that movie is not half bad, but, the, but I guess... As a, as the property of GI Joe and and as far as the lore for that goes, probably not the best. I you know I never really cared for the cartoon. Like there were there were GI Joe reboots and stuff mm-hmm. on when I was a little kid, but I don't know. I don't remember the movie all that well. But I feel like you know it's probably in the same boat as Transformers, where it's just like it, the cartoon is so beloved by people. Uh, and then the movie franchise will just never be like no, an adaptation yeah. that'll please anyone. No. And I truly think that would be the case, even if we got like directors other than Michael Bay mm-hmm. to like come in there and, and work with that stuff. Because I just feel like people who like their cartoons and like that style are not going to be satisfied with a big, um, a big screen adaptation. I mean... No, it's there's just some things that don't translate well to live action, uh, and, and Transformers is probably one of those that just it's um what is that called? It's like a I don't know. I guess a fool's errand trying to fucking please people with a live action adaptation of any like of those old like you know cartoons like Transformers, GI Joe. Um, there's another really popular one associated with Hasbro. So there's a couple popular Bionicle. That's one. Oh, Bionicle. Yeah. We've never had a live action Bionicle, no. but I don't think we sh- we should. We had like those movies. Did you ever watch the yes, movies? I did. Okay, yeah. me too. I think there was like a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched all of them back in the day. I, I can't tell you anything about Bionicle lore no, now, but I can't I, either. I could probably tell you then. I did play the Game Boy Advance game. What Bionicle? Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Um, plot. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was like, how, what do you call it? It's not a plot. I don't think it's called a platformer. It's like in the style of like Mario almost. Oh, that's a platformer. Oh, it is a platformer? Yeah. Okay. Where you're like jumping around mainly. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, you go through the <clears throat> levels and shoot other robots and stuff. Fun, fun times. Um, well, dang. But yeah. But you know, enough of that shit. Um, <gasps> what'd you watch this week? Ooh, okay. I watched a couple things. Okay, um, let's go. I'll start with the most boring option i can think of for our audience have you heard of stalker by andre tarkovsky yeah I st- oh yeah i started watching stalker i haven't finished it yet 
Yeah, it is and why would you say the reason you haven't finished it yet is? Well, I was on vacation when I started watching it. Oh. So, but I know Tarkovsky's slow, like slow, 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 slow. So like the word boring yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I I I don't know. Like I I, I really liked Stalker. Like mm-hmm. I, especially in retrospect, I was like, "Oh wow, I can really appreciate what they were doing there." Right. I think my problem was I went into it thinking like, "Oh, science fiction which sure that's what you can technically describe the movie as but it's, it's like sci-fi yeah it's not very exciting yeah, <laughs> you know no. and like tarkovsky apparently uh when he received notes from the studio that the beginning was too slow and dull he was like okay i will make it slower and duller <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and that's what it is it's like three hours of like meditation you know just like Mm-hmm. shots that there's only 140 shots in the movie and it's three hours long mm-hmm. which means that your average shot is over a minute long so you have fucking time to think yes you, and that's i guess that's the whole point is like you're just seeing cool images and tarkovsky's like think figure it out for yourself <laughs> exactly and i mean that's a pretty great yeah idea for a movie um I just, yeah, I, I guess I can't state enough that I did not expect how slow, yeah. <laughs> how very, very slow it was indeed. It, um, I think even, um, so like when I watched Solaris, uh, I've been other sci-fi to see film, yeah, I thought that was slow. But then I got, you know, 30 minutes of the way into Stalker and I was like, oh, okay, so never mind. Solaris is like, it, that's peachy keen, like. I would highly recommend checking out Solaris. It's just as slow as Stalker, I feel like, but I feel like more happens in Solaris than does in Stalker. And you know, Stalker, like, basically, like, killed him. Yeah, like, Um, everyone, like, so many people on the set of that movie got cancer, which is another interesting thing about the movie is the images you're seeing are images that human beings probably shouldn't be able to see without, like, dying. You know, it's like images of Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a shot in the movie that um was like from the first time they shot the movie they also shot this movie three Three times times, yeah which is insane um but there's a shot in the movie where there's like this sledge on water and there's like a little dust like tornado going on and it turns out that sledge was like completely toxic the cameramen standing in it for hours like all got sick and yeah tarkovsky died at age like 56 um, yeah. very young another one of the actors from the movie died and then another uh, director of photography died uh, it's just like very cursed production it yeah. seems like I mean god can you imagine shooting a movie three times you've only shot one twice so you, yeah, you can't shot, reach that no far. not yet but <laughs> which yeah I mean not to not to put you on the spot you know on the podcast or yeah. anything but um what 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 is going on with your with your own kind of production hell process? So you know? it's um it is it's could be described as, as exactly that it's production hell. Um, in case y'all missed my Twitter my tweet from now it's been three months ago. <laughs> um, I lost like eight hours worth of footage. I lost some save files uh, for the recent edit, so I had to go back and redo it all. Uh, and it took me some time to gather up the strength to do it again because this is like the fourth time this has happened. Uh, and, but now I've got it at a spot where really I just need to... I'm going to get together with my composer 
here in here in, a, in a week or so, and we're gonna score the film. It might take us a little longer to score this one than it has my other ones. Um, but once we score it, I'll just add sound effects um, and make sure all the cuts are where I want them to be. I think I have to do a little bit more work on one of the last scenes. But yeah, so I expect two to three weeks it should be out. Um, yeah, definitely way past that March twenty third, twenty sixth release date, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, which you know, eh, delays happen, you know. But um, I'm pushing through. It'll be out. I want it to be out by early July at least, because I'm starting production on another movie soon. So it's got to be out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're we're about a year out from when we shot it. Like, how does it feel that it's kind of yeah, you know, kept going? Um, like it will never end. Like it's this project that I'm going to be stuck working on for the rest of my fucking life. Um, but honestly, it doesn't feel real that it's been a year since we shot that. Yeah. But like every time I look at the footage, I'm like, yeah, this was a long time ago. And like, I've learned even more, you know. From that a year ago, and I'm still looking at it like, why did we fucking do that? So I gotta. Oh yeah, I forgot. I do have to do like one reshoot or not a reshoot. I have to add one scene in, like a like a small like fucking 45 second clip like that. I but I have to shoot it. Um, oh my god! That what? yeah, just things you know, little things. So like, is this even? I'm sorry, I have so many questions. That's okay. Is this even like a project that you? you know, feel that compassion for. I mean, just like, I, I've i never gotten to see inside production hell, like what that looks yeah. like for the people going through it. So like, when this comes out, I mean, is it is there going to be any passion left yeah. behind it? Or do you think it's going to be like, <laughs> a, I really need to dump this off my workload? Kind um, of well, the thing with this specific project is that I've, I love this story so much. And I just want other people to see it. Um, to the fact that I've like written like out like a whole trilogy for it, I probably never film it, but still I you know wrote the whole trilogy and how it how the whole story actually ends. But when it comes out, I'll be very excited for people to see it, and I still do have passion for it. But every time I sit down at the computer now to, and I look at it, I'm like, get the fuck off my screen. I want to look at new footage. I want something new because. You know, fucking two and a half years of this shit. This is, I mean, it's um, it's mind numbing. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I really, I still like the uh, story and the idea, but I've shot it. You know, I've shot it twice. Um, so much shit has happened with it, uh, and uh, it's like it's starting to be, it's starting to be to the point where if I don't force myself to hurry up and and get it out. And not and I'm trying not to like um, choose uh, to to reduce like the quality of it's still gonna be great like I still think quality I'm not trying to rush quality but I just um, it's to the point where I um, just have not been like working on it as much as I need to um, but I need to hurry up and keep working on it so I can actually get it out so I can move on to greener pastures and I think because I want people to see it. Because nobody's seen it except for our really close friends. Yeah. Um. I think you've only seen the trailer and maybe a couple of clips. I uh, yeah of the of the new one. Yeah, the I've one only you seen. Ran. Yeah. You you do have like a a draft of the original movie that you keep on hand. Like mm-hmm. there's there's audio issues with yeah, it. Yeah, it's a corrupted copyrighted edit, music. But, mm-hmm. Um, 
Like, so did that ever get to this point where you were like, oh, crap, there's still stuff missing from this that's essential and I don't want to... With this new edit? No, with the old. Oh, with, with the, the old. old movie. Oh, yeah. So with the old movie, it was just the longer I, I looked at it, um, I figured out that it was not salvageable. Um, and especially, like, I could have put it out, right, the way I had it edited, um, but it was not anything I was super proud of. And furthermore... Um, the edit got corrupted and I was like, what the fuck? And it was going to take me essentially, you know, like the workload I had already done. I was going to have to basically do it all over again to re-edit, you know, save that edit. And I was not prepared to do that. And so that's when I told Luke, I said, Hey, what if I rewrote the script a little bit and we reshot it? And he was like, Oh, okay. But I kept that corrupted edit. Um, you know, audio and files missing and all because I just wanted to have it to compare <laughs> essentially yeah. for myself. But yeah, I definitely, it, it didn't take me as long um, to on the last one to figure out that I needed to do something about it than it did this one. Um, but yeah, no. So when's version number three coming out? <laughs> um, probably two years from now. Okay. We'll reshoot okay. it next summer. <laughs> You'll get even younger uh and better actors. Yeah. You know, the cast of Stranger Things might be able to play it by the time that you, uh, release, you know, release it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it's been hell, but yeah. it's It'll it'll get out there. It'll come out. It'll come yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, I have no doubt. Well, uh, have you seen anything this this last week, movie-wise? Um, not movie-wise, I don't believe. I finished The Sons of Sam documentary oh, I was nice. telling you about last week um it, it was pretty good um the um let me look at my letterbox oh, here yeah. make sure i didn't miss I anything was, i was I've, pulling mine out <laughs> uh i do i have something that i do want to talk about it. it's just not a movie it's a tv show okay um yeah because i haven't watched a movie um in 20 years yeah in 20 years um i i finished the first two seasons of ozark Ah, so I was going to talk a little bit about my thoughts so far because I'm about to jump into season three and season four is supposed to come out later this year and it's going to be their final season. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, 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 really love this show. Um, I definitely feel the runtime like you were saying. But then again, I can't knock it because Game of Thrones did the same damn thing. You know, 50 to an hour long episodes. Man, I don't know. Those episodes felt fast. Yeah, but I, to, I don't know. To me, Ozark, the, the slow burn, it is really the only way that show could work. Because um, maybe the episodes do need to be cut down. I can definitely, you know, um, they do this thing, right? This is, this is my main complaint with the show. It's really the only thing that drives me nuts about it um, that I haven't that I really didn't enjoy about season one but got better in season two is their fucking editing choices. okay? So they'll start an episode with something. For example, no spoilers here, but in the season one episode, it starts off with our main character Marty saying, okay, money laundering 101 and then this like uppity beat song comes yeah. on and he explains money laundering. okay you get to the end of the episode, right? And his son comes in and is talking to him and he asks that he says he wants to know how to launder money. And then that song from the beginning starts playing. 
And then Marty looks at him and he says, okay, money laundering 101. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And they should have cut right there. But they think the audience, they continually think that the audience is too fucking dumb to play along. So they let him repeat the entire monologue you heard at the very beginning of the show. And while they slowly zoom in on this dryer that's like, you know, drying the fucking money sack because they're cleaning the money. I'm like... But they do this all the fucking time. They use they the way they edit. They think that the audience is stupid, and that's partially why the episodes get to be so long because they feel like they have to fucking explain everything when you don't. Like we had shows like Breaking Bad, where yeah. like all the like the major reveals were pretty much said without any words and shit like that. But Ozark thinks that they have to fucking explain it, and I fucking hate that. It got better in season two, but season one was exhausting because of it. And that's that's my main complaint with the show. Other than that, I fucking love these characters. I fucking love this setting. Um, I do have have gripes about some of the things that some of the um, more uh, what do you call it? Uh, like what is the word for like um, you think uh, like. All people, all of this type of people do this. What is that? Stereotypes. Oh, oh my yeah, god, I couldn't think of that word. The That's stereotypes okay. of like southern people, like in Missouri, I think get a little bit kind of like cringy sometimes just because yeah. you know we live in the south. And when I see something like that, I'm like, do they really think that's all we fucking do? Or like these people, like it's some things like that. I'm like, okay, but you know, for the most part, like the writing is super solid. Jason Bateman. Was a great director. Yeah, all the episodes he directed in season one are the best episodes. Um, but yeah, I really like the show so far. But apparently, season three is like way better than season one and two combined. I've I've um, heard because that's when a lot of people jumped in on yeah. the show and they went back and were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to watch it, and I think if y'all haven't watched Ozark, I encourage you to give it a chance. It is long; like every episode is at least 57 minutes or longer. Yeah, but. I I've really like enjoyed it the whole way through so far. I mean, I I binged the fuck out of the show. So, yeah, you should totally check out Ozark uh, when you get a chance. And I highly encourage you to finish season two because yeah. there's a huge you know kind of plot twist towards the end that's fucking great. There was some cool stuff going on. I mean, yeah. there's like that whole boat thing that they're trying yeah. to get done. That was cool. I think I will probably end up finishing it, especially if that show's wrapping up mm-hmm. this year. Oh, it, it definitely like is. To. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to ask you before we move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you are talking about that voiceover shit that they do sometimes with Marty. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that as a tool in shows? Because I've been watching a lot of Scrubs lately, um, and that's a very frequent tool, is that the main character, Zach Braff, JD, will always, like, monologue at the beginning of the show, at the end of the show, and during moments throughout the show his voiceover is used to deliver a lot of narrative things. I mean, where that show, I think, keeps it interesting is it has, like, skits that are, like, hallucinations in his head, which keeps it fresh. But, yeah, a lot of that voiceover is used to be like, and that's when we knew this thing that the audience doesn't know that I'm explaining in voiceover right now. Yeah. do you think it's just like too much hand holding? Do you think voiceover can be done well without insulting the audience's intelligence or what? I think um, voiceover can be done well. I mean, we've seen it, you know, be used well. 
Um, but most of the time, voiceover is there because writers are lazy. Because mm. they can't figure out how to introduce some, you know, their plot, basically their world, without somebody sitting there just ex- just saying, explaining it. Um, I think the one time that voiceovers are, you know, useful slash uh, style- stylistically a good choice is in a heist movies. They're, they can be... You know, I mean, it's sometimes. typical for them to be, yeah, sometimes. Um, but, you know, the classics like Oceans, the Oceans movies have, yeah. that use voiceover great. In the case of Scrubs, like a, in shows, shows are really, like TV shows are really bad about using voiceover. Yeah. When they shouldn't be, they have episodes and episodes and episodes to explain their world and explain everything going on. But they choose to use, you know, your character to sit there and explain it to you. Now that, that that's fucking lazy. Um, I... The way, though, that, like, Scrubs can use voiceover sometimes, like you said, with hallucinations and stuff, then it's, like, a bit, like, they've, like, worked it into the DNA of the show. Yeah. To where it's like, okay, you expect it. I, I um, would also argue Dexter is a show yeah. that I really enjoy the voiceover in, like, because that performance is based around not emoting and not mm-hmm. saying much with your physicality, but then they give... Michael C. Hall like a chance to shine behind the mic and all of the the way those scenes are filmed to be mm. around his inner monologue cool as shit like, yeah I love that yeah. um I I will say I guess I'm on the fence with it as well I'm trying to yeah, say yeah I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence with it too because I, I feel like a lot of shows don't have it in its DNA and then you'll get to like some random episode and it'll be like this is the day that I died mm, it's yeah. like it's either <laughs> Like over explaining to the audience, or it's like we can't, we don't know how to edit the episode where we yeah. can show you exciting events later to hook you in. Yeah. So we'll just voice over now to, to try and mm-hmm. grab your butt. Exactly. I think some shows try to get around it. Like Ozark's really bad about doing this. Uh, they've done it several times where you think you'd be hearing a voiceover of like the character talking like to the audience almost, and then it'll, it'll cut from whatever scene and it's actually him talking to people like in the show and we've just applied it to something else you know um (laughs) that i mean i I don't know like that's fine i guess um but for me when shows or movies start out with a voiceover i immediately cringe Hmm. um it's only five minutes to ten minutes later where i figure out if i really like it or not you know um, fucking Scorsese movies use voiceover yeah. really fucking well. Um, Goodfellas is a great, yeah, like that whole yes, yeah. I would also argue Casino as well. Casino has some great yeah. voiceovers. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about it. You know, like it can it can be done. Mostly, I think it's lazy, but it can be it can be a stylistic choice that I that you know pays off. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm trying to say. So yeah. Um, did you see anything else? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I actually want to know if you've seen this movie. Have you seen PTA's The Master? I have. What What, what do you think about it? I, I really like it. I'm gonna. I want to watch it again because there's some things that I don't quite understand about it. But for the most part, I expected not to like it actually, and then mm. ended up fucking loving it. I think it is brilliant. The the whole the cult angle. Um, yeah. It's so interesting how he wrote that because, like, for half the movie, I'm just thinking, like, oh, yeah, it's a cool little family. And then it's like, 
like no like it, it's a cult and uh the way like it's filmed is like to give you that cult mentality of like we'll never say we're a cult we're a family come to us you can't leave us and Oh my god, it's a lot of mind games going on in the movie, and, and the, the fucking cinematography. Um, oh yeah. I don't know, I also, I'll just never forget the first five minutes of the movie, where he's like on the beach, and he's like fucking uh, sexually frustrated with the fucking sand mermaid yeah. and everything. I, I don't know, just everything um, about it is just uh, super, super well done, and I want, really want to watch it again, because I really, really fucking loved it. So, what'd you think about it, though? Um, this was my second time watching it. I watched mm. it when I was a lot younger, and at that point, I didn't know much about how Scientology was formed or anything yeah. about L. Mm. Ron Hubbard. So that was that was definitely there were details about L. Ron Hubbard's life that Paul Thomas Anderson has like taken inspiration from oh, in this yeah, movie yeah. that I, I really appreciated, and like the whole Scientology angle is something that I think I I appreciate a lot more. Also. This has got to be like one of his most beautifully shot movies. I mean, his his other movies I feel like have a lot of of stylized like flair to them. Like Boogie Nights, especially, I think is still my mm-hmm. favorite shot and maybe my favorite movie of his. Mm-hmm. There will be blood. I, I don't know. They fight a lot, um, <laughs> yeah. but I think where this movie I think falls apart for me is like even though the performances are great and even though the acting is re- really great. I think it's kind of aimless in its second half. And, like, you get that, like, there's that um, separation from a cult. It's always messy. Um, You know, leaving Scientology is is famously difficult to do, and there's a lot of manipulation going on there. It's just, like, at the end of the movie, when it's all over, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. Like, with other Paul Thomas Anderson movies, I can go, oh, shit. This guy is brilliant. He I, he knew what he's doing the whole time. Wonderful movie. When this movie finishes, I go, yeah, you really had me in the first half, but you lost me in the second. Right. And, and I don't know. I don't know why it happens because the the brilliant performances by Philip Seymour Hoffman and and Joaquin Phoenix and Amy Adams are still happening. You're still seeing them, and the movie is still beautifully shot. It's just a bit of interest. Is, is gone. I'm, yeah, I can understand that. Because the, the second half of the movie, um, or at least the last 45 minutes for me, yeah, um, kind of like, was like spiraling into chaos, you know? Because the characters were kind of spiraling into chaos and some weird shit happened. Um, but I kind of viewed the movie just as like a story, like Joaquin Phoenix's story, like his character's story. Yeah. So I was just like, this is just where the characters going in life and um i get what you're saying though kind of aimless in in that second half i could definitely see that um which is why i said i want to watch it again um because i feel like i feel like there's supposed to be more in that you know that last you know 20 30 minutes that maybe i'm missing but I, i don't know um yeah i definitely see what you're saying though but For sure. I, th- I think it's frustrating to have to say this, but I think this might be lower-end PTA for me then. Oh, really? Like, I think I would have it closer to, like, Inherent Vice than I would, Bro, like, I, Boogie I, Nights, you know? I can't get through Inherent Vice. And, and lowest PTA for me, and this is not... Saxon, if you're listening, I, I know he's probably cringing. He's a huge uh, PTA yeah. fan. I, I will say I haven't seen um, Phantom Thread or... Uh, 
Shit, what's the other one that I haven't seen? You know, you know the one that I haven't seen. Magnolia. Magnolia. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. I almost said still Magnolias. No, still Magnolias. I haven't, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Boogie Nights or Magnolia. So those are the two PTA movies uh, I haven't seen. Boogie Nights is great. Yeah, it's just like essential. But Phantom Thread for me is just not. It's not it. You know, mm-hmm. like. Actually, I believe Phantom Threat. No, Inherent Vice was my first PTA movie, and really? I, I still can't. Fa- I've got like fucking. I've gotten all the way till there's like thirty or forty minutes left, and like the movie just does not fucking interest me whatsoever. Like I actually think I hate that fucking movie, um, which is so weird because I fucking love all of other P- uh, all of Paul Thomas Anderson's other work. Um, you know, Phantom Thread. I still like Phantom Thread. Like let yeah. me let me be clear. I think it's a great fucking film. It's just it's definitely on lower tier for me and there will be blood is is a fucking masterpiece it's the highest one it's my favorite yeah um, i think that's the best one yeah but and then I think, boogie nights is really close i don't know you yeah. watch boogie nights you see what you think i will i will i need to also watch magnolia as well i think yeah. i know the whole spoiler but i, I don't mean, know i don't know any you don't know any spoilers okay i think i do but i'm still gonna watch it regardless yeah but yeah um i um i think i know why um Inherent Vice might be different feeling for PTA. I mean, not only is it um, just like a different genre for him, but it's the only one that's based on uh, an existing source material. It's it's based on Thomas Pynchon, who before Inherent Vice was released, had never had one of his books adapted because they're like famously like complicated and hard to read. Like he has one called Gravity's Rainbow, that is just like what people often cite as like, you know, a, a bookshelf holder. Like yeah. have it on your shelf to look smart. It's like right up there with Infinite Jest right. in that regard. So it, you're already dealing with a very dense book, and like then condense that down to two hours forty minutes, right. and try and tell that full complicated story on screen. I I don't know if that was ever gonna work, and I, I definitely remember being bored as shit watching yeah, Inherent Vice. Yeah. Like, I'm not afraid to admit, when a movie is boring and it doesn't hold my interest, I mean, I, I I can appreciate why people like it, you know, if they say that they do, but I'll just say, I guess it's not for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. <laughs> I've, um, yeah, no, like, no shit, I've tried to watch that movie three times. Really? Yeah, I, I can never get through it. Um, it's weird, man. It's weird. I guess it's because it's marketed like it's a nice guy's type movie literally that's what i think when i see nice guys my mind immediately thinks of inherent vice i see inherent vice i think of nice guys um same time period i guess or same style at least yeah well it's neo-noir yeah yeah and uh but uh, totally two very different movies um i would watch nice guys again before i watched yeah vice but nice guys is great you like that movie i like it yeah, yeah i really like nice guys actually I yeah. was uh, I was surprised by it. I didn't think I was gonna like it. Then I ended up liking it, and it was cool. So who did that? Shane Black or I think so. Okay, yeah. very good, very good on him. Man. Mm-hmm. Good cast too. What was it? Ryan Gosling and Ryan Gosling, Gosling, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah. 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 Good. Good shit. Good shit. It's a great movie. It is. Do Do you like Shane Black as a filmmaker? Do Do you know much? Not really. I mean. Let me look at his filmography real quick. So he's got like Lethal Weapon, um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, I can't um, say I'm too familiar. Iron Man 3. Okay, I like Iron Man 3, but um, I, Shane Black um, is 
to me, seems like a very style, stylist, stylistic director. I cannot talk. And for some reason, my letterbox is not loading. So I will say, I have only seen bits and pieces of Lethal Weapon. It doesn't really interest me. Um, I don't know the other one you referred to. Um, I didn't watch the new Predator movie because it looks fucking stupid as shit. I'm not oh. totally interested in Predator as a whole. Um, he, I feel like his involvement with the Predator reboot was like purely symbolic. I mean, he was in the, first the original Predator. Predator yeah. yeah. Oh, you know that bit. Yeah, yeah. Why do I? Why do I bring trivia to you? No, you're fine. I mean, well, we're no bringing way. it to the audience. So there tell, we go. So tell the audience. Yeah. Oh, Shane Black was in. The original Predator. He yeah. was an actor, and he helped write it. I yes. Think. So, good um, on him. Good on him. Okay. Also, um, fucking know your meme history. Did you know the the like the black arm and the white guys? That's arm? from Predator. That's from. Pre- I didn't know that until I saw that yeah. shot, and I was like, "What the Dylan, fuck, you son of a bitch!" <laughs> they were doing some some heavy uh, fucking like left wing politics in that fucking movie. Like, yeah. It was so apparent. They were just like, "Hey, we're we're okay with this," and I'm like, "Okay, that's cool, cool." Um, kind of weird for a movie like this, like a fucking sci-fi action, um, but cool. Yeah, like they were really trying though. There were several things in that movie where I was like, "Okay, I see what you I see what you're doing there." It's uh, the it's uh, was that the '80s or was that the early '90s? It was, it was late '80s. Late '80s. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I just thought it was funny because um, it. It was so weird. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, we had the most conservative fucking president of all time back in office. And, that's and, true. In the that's 80s. true. And, you know, our, our military had been really glorified all throughout. So I think it was nice to see, you know, Predator be like, oh, look at the at the waste and destruction that we bring before us. You know, yeah, and like, yeah. look at him getting killed off. Those motherfuckers. I don't know. I, I don't think the whole movie is supposed to be like anti-war, but it does it does yeah. have some some uh, jabs in there. Oh yeah. Uh, I was gonna say something about Predator, but I don't remember now. Left my left my darn noggin. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um. Here, how did we get all the way to Predator from whatever we were talking about? Let's trace it back here real quick. Predator. Shane Black. Mm-hmm. PTA. How do we get from PTA to Shane? Oh, nice guys. Inherent vibes. Yeah. PTA, the master. You were talking about the master because you watched it. That's what you watched. This one of the movies you watched. And then, and then we had we, finished. We it. had finished. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, that was fun to untangle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I love doing that. I just shit. can't believe that we got all the way to <laughs> Predator. <laughs> Isn't that so cool though? We start talking about the master and then somehow make it to Predator. I can't believe that. That's fun. Uh, well, I was gonna say, I know we have a couple of uh, we have we're gonna have to start keeping up with our weekly episodes now because there's two shows now going on. Oh yeah, that we that we're big fans of. So yeah. you have to hear us talk about them. Sorry, everyone. yeah, I'm sorry guys. Um. First one, I think, Loki. Yes. Did you, you like... You, you, episode two? Yeah, yeah. I've caught episode Dope. two. Um, yeah, I thought this episode was a banger, for sure. I really liked this episode. Hey, we're, we're not doing spoilers. Oh, yeah. Um, also, I want to clarify, I was talking to Blake this morning. I was uh, going to ask you about that. Um, so, what he said is that 
at the time, he did not realize that we weren't talking about spoilers. Uh, and apparently he went back and listened, and he said that we didn't say anything to him. We had only said that when he was out of the room, which is why he jumped oh, into spoilers. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because well, today he was like, I didn't know that you guys weren't talking about spoilers. I wouldn't have said the things I said. Yeah, well, I mean, so, like, I saw him comment, you know, about no spoilers, and I quickly went to the episode, and I was sitting there, and Donna was looking at me. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I think we accidentally put Loki spoilers in the episode, and I was listening, but he didn't say anything that I thought that was too too bad. I don't know, like... We just won't even talk about it. We just it. won't even talk about it. If you yeah. didn't listen to last week's episode, then don't, because there's minor Loki spoilers in there. Yeah. But, yeah, so sorry about that. I didn't catch that when I was editing it, uh, or else I would have taken it out. But um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do Do you like the show still? Yes, I do. I really do. I think this newest episode is um, was uh, like nonstop uh, interesting. You know, there yeah. was some detective work going on, and then the last like you know fifteen minutes were like super stressful. Um, and the cliffhanger that it you know ends on is was great um i I still love owen wilson owen wilson and loki have a better chemistry than the falcon and the winter soldier okay i'll Uh, say it true i think i think they work in tandem way better than bucky barnes and fucking you know what anthony mackie and sebastian stan i don't i didn't like that i didn't like them on screen but i i will watch fucking five seasons of loki and and mobius yes it's fucking i really like that what did you think about it i i definitely was happy to see that it didn't slump yet yeah you know like i i feel like that happened with falcon and winter soldier like the second episode just like did not hold yeah. a candle to the first mm-hmm. and it was like ugh. i also yeah. read this week that sebastian stan apparently filmed like a longer more comedic therapist session for that show which I'm just thinking, like, oh god, that would have been more awful. comedy. I don't know. <laughs> more comedy. If that the the comedy aspect of Falcon and Winter Soldier was very weak. Yes, I think. it was. And that's something that I'm enjoying about this show is that mm-hmm. it's very comedic and the jokes mm-hmm. are landing. For oh the yeah, most part for sure. Uh, you know, there's always that awkward like, oh, that didn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that was more of an issue in like WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, like. So far, Loki, I've been digging most of what they've been going for, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. Yeah. Like, I think Tom Hiddleston just has, also has great comedic timing. Yeah. So that really makes the show work, you know. He, well. he He's really owning this role. And I mean, especially, you know, his Italian. Uh, no, I mean, his, his, his foreign language skills in this movie are really funny. I mean, yeah. not in movie show. <laughs> it feels like a movie. Yeah. This more than the other shows has felt movie like. Like the Definitely. budget and the in the story beats. I don't know. It it, it seems more expensive. It does. Will. Yeah. It does. Um it feels like we're watching just like another Marvel movie cuz the scope is so big. And what I really really like about this show is that everything we're seeing is new. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we have our Loki character back, right? But the TVA, the the world that we're set in, everything's new. You know, we're being introduced to something new. With WandaVision, it wasn't really anything that we hadn't seen before. We got no, introduced yeah. to a couple of characters, you know, and a new fucking uh, subsidiary of the government that's evil. Okay, cool, whatever. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we already knew all that shit. We, there's a new faction by the end of it. 
it's like what eh, you know what are we gonna do with that? Um, we had some character changes, but with Loki, you know, like everything is fresh. We've never seen any of that stuff before, which is what I really like about it um, compared to the other two shows. I think so. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. I think that this episode left my faith in the series unshaken, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just like completely optimistic going into yeah. the, these next four. I really think that they must have something special planned here. And I do think that this is why we're not getting any promotional images for a movie that's coming out six months from now. I think No Way Home exists. I think it's just really tied to Loki. Yeah, I think it is too. Yeah. We could call we could call our old friend at the Cinemark and see what she thinks. True. She's working. (laughs) I don't think we're going to get so lucky where if we ever crank call again, the person's (laughs) going to be so receptive to our... Our tomfoolery. True. We were pretty polite, though. We were pretty polite. We just wanted to know. Yeah, we just wanted to know. <laughs> we just wanted to know. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, another show I want to talk about, because it's one of my favorite shows ever going on right now. You know what time it is. Rick and Morty podcast Um... Yeah, it's fun. the new season's out. Episode one came out um, yesterday, last night, actually, late last night, um, on Adult Swim. And they released the full episode on Adult Swim's uh, YouTube channel for free. Yeah, I just, I watched it on yeah. that YouTube video. I mean, I'm going to buy the season, probably, right. but that was a very generous thing to do. Thank it you, was. Yes, thank you, Adult Swim, for the very generous <laughs> Rick and Morty episode. A, re- a reviewer screening, if you will. Yeah, re- yeah, true. Um, but yeah, that was total, That was super cool of them that they did that. And so if y'all want to watch it um, and don't want to pay for it, you know, full full episode, not bleeped out, <laughs> everything's there, uncensored episode is out on YouTube, on Adult Swim's channel. Um, going into this, First episode, um, no spoilers, of course. Um, I mean, there's not too many spoilers, spoiler-heavy things, but I liked it. I thought it was funny. I liked the B plot better than I did the A plot. The B plot being Morty's plot in the whole oh, thing. Oh yeah, with the I thought that was the A plot for sure. Oh, you did? Yeah. I thought definitely Nimbus was the A plot. No, I feel really? like he was the B plot, the B story. Okay, then the I mean, A if you if you think about more. the attention that was given to both, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, no, the A plot is is better than the the B plot's bad in this one. I think I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say it's bad. Like it had its moments, but um, man, just the Nimbus character, Mister Nimbus. Yeah. He's funny, but it's it's such a weird way to start the season off. I don't know, like. I don't know what you think. I, I wasn't totally. I enjoyed impressed. it. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Um, I mean, I, I I think that you're right. Like that, the B plot wasn't like the best, you know. And and a lot of the times there aren't, you know, really great B plots in these episodes. But whenever I go into Rick and Morty, I always like a uh, uh, you know a fun sci-fi concept and like philosophical questions being asked about that concept. And we got that in this. That's episode. true. Yeah, we got a cool idea it was played up for laughs we got to see Mm -hmm. some very interesting stuff with that uh and it was still like funny 
and also relationship developments that I liked to get to see. Mm-hmm. What I think that I like about the B plot is that it just feels like Justin Roiland and Dan Harmon doing whatever the fuck they want still, <laughs> yeah. which is something that I want this show to always be like. Like if they were to sell out one day and be like, we are very serialized and focused on our story now and satisfying mm-hmm. reveals, that wouldn't be the same show anymore. No. So I think not. the the fun in it is like Mr. Nimbus is a ridiculous character, especially one to have be like mm-hmm. Rick's nemesis or something. Yeah. <laughs> but then at the same time, they're fucking with you because he's got like details that fans have never heard before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, concrete canonical like facts yeah. for Rick now. And it's, it's funny to see like those moments be played off for like jokes from yeah. this man who is a, is a, like feminine sea creature or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, um, uh, what's the word? It's absolute just fuckery from Dan Harmon and Justin yeah. Roiland. Just like when I like, you know, saw it, it's like he's, uh, they released the cold open a couple days before the episode and just the cold open is just like the funniest shit because, you know, he lands in the water and he's like, oh shit, we're, the, the the earth's ocean he's like yeah rick he's like we can't be in here morning what the fuck and then like yeah. the guy comes up i was like like yeah that's funny it's goofy like it makes no fucking sense but th- that's what's so like great about it mm-hmm. i just i just found that in the middle of the episode when we're going back to morty's plot um with the whole portal and everything it was just infinitely more satisfying to watch than rick and nimbus talking and stuff um so that that I guess that's what I meant by you know, the Nimbus character is funny. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think they could have made it a little bit more interesting there in the middle on that because I think personally Rick and Morty's pretty good about having a good A plot and a good B plot. Yeah, like they're both equally as interesting most of the time. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like there are episodes, especially when Jerry and Beth are a focus mm. in one of the plots that get really dragged down. You yeah, know, like, I will admit. I, I, I don't think that I've ever loved those two characters and their place on the show. Like, they're they're fine, and they have moments to shine. Like, Beth, especially, has gotten mm-hmm. some good solo moments. Jerry, too. But together, I feel like the showrunners have never figured out, like, the best dynamic of when they're together. Like, yeah. there's good emotional moments every now and then, but it's like, they're annoying a lot of the time. Yeah, because... Like, and not so funny. Yeah, because... They were super annoying in this episode, I think. Um, yeah. But I didn't love the subplot with them. I didn't. I didn't either. But I think even in season four, they still struggled with it because there was that episode where Rick fucks the planet and had all the children. Yeah. Je- you know, uh, Jerry and Beth are in that episode. It's just fucking annoying Like in that episode. like That whole plot with them is just not interesting to me you know like i feel like there have been interesting beth and jerry episodes for example when they go to the therapist and they manifest and they're like fucking creatures and they're like monsters and jerry is like this worm and beth is like this giant fucking evil creature do you remember that episode yeah that i think i liked that episode i liked their characters with that episode and stuff but like there just hasn't been anything else that's on that level with them you know in other episodes yeah the planet fucking episode is just not one of my favorites. It's not, yeah, no, I mean, in, in general. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because that's like the first episode where all the characters have been together on screen in yeah. a while. 
and it was like the weakest one of last season. Yeah, or one of them. I don't. I don't know. The the dragon one is still. Why do bad. people still hate that? That hate that episode. It's just not like hate for me. It's just like it's not that funny to me. Oh no! I mean, I get okay. I guess not hate. Um, I've seen a lot of YouTube video essays. Like as I'm scrolling, I see and and the dragon is on like the cover of like the day Rick and Morty died or like the worst season. It's just like the dragon on there. I'm like, you mean that there was one episode in season four that you didn't like, and yeah. so you're dragging the whole show down? But like, what do you? I mean. I liked that episode. I like a lot of people don't. I personally really liked that episode. Um, the the sexual humor in it was a little over the top. <laughs> like, um, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't think season four was in any way it's Rick and Morty's worst season, like no. or, or bad or anything. Um, I mean, that's a weird, that's a weird way to pronounce season three anyway. So like, <laughs> what? Season three, the worst season. Oh, you really think so? Yeah, it has like a great start and, you know, some like really good episodes in the middle. But I think for the most part, yeah, their worst season. I can see that. I I think season two is my favorite. Season two is definitely my favorite one. Yeah. Followed probably by season one. Like, I think that's the thing is as the show's gone on and blown up to be insanely popular. Mm -hmm. I think that the number one thing is like the early days of charm and having no one to impress has definitely really gone away. Like, you know, even in this episode, I feel like we have a team of writers who are working very, very hard to impress everyone and to make everyone, you know, laugh and like be satisfied and be really, really clever. Wherein like season one, I feel like you would get dumber jokes sometimes, you know, less thought put into them. And it's nice to not have everything be as overwritten yeah, i guess is yeah. the word it's like this has clearly been edited like so much and so many drafts and like the perfectionist side of J- justin roiland and dan Harmon has really kicked in but it's like i kind of miss the carefree days yeah yeah true it's because they had nobody to oppress that they were just doing whatever the fuck they wanted yeah so i can definitely see that um but, I mean, hey, I'm excited to see where the season's going. Because last season, like, every episode I watched, I was like, bro, like, wow. Like, I wasn't expecting season four to be this good. And I really, I came out really fucking enjoying season four. Yeah. Um, only, I think only really one episode in that season was really just a downer for me. And that was the Planet episode. Um, but the rest of the season was great. So I have high hopes for season five. You know, we started off this first episode, I think, was pretty good. And so I think they can only, you know, go up from here. So I really hope they do at least. Um, so Are you are you watching, like, anything else on Adult Swim right now? Like, are there any other shows that you... Not on Adult Swim. Hmm. Ex- uh, no, not really. Why? Are you? I don't know. I feel like they're doing some exciting stuff right now. Like Tuca and Birdie. Did you I ever heard, watch that I show? I heard about Tuca and Birdie. Yeah. yeah. Really, really great show from like one of the BoJack Horseman like creators, uh, Lisa. I can't remember her last name right now, but she went on to create Tuca and Birdie. And it was a really great first season, but Netflix like canceled it pretty quickly. And so I, I was very happy to see that Adult Swim has kind of given it a second life mm-hmm. on their channel. Um, and season two, I think aired simultaneously like like right Last after night, rick yeah, and morty did, yeah. which that's so awesome mm-hmm. that you know you're gonna have a rick and morty audience going into tuca and birdie now 
and giving that show some extra love mm-hmm. that it that it probably needs. Um, also, have you heard of Uzumaki? Mm-mm. So it's a it's a horror anime that's coming out. But here's the hype part: is not only does it look gorgeous and like beautifully directed and everything, but Colin Stetson is doing the score. Do you know him? No. Who? What else did he do? Hereditary. Oh shit! Yeah. And okay. It's there's like this incredible trailer on YouTube for it, and it features his music. And it's so haunting, and it's so good. I th- I think I'm more hyped for the soundtrack of this show than the, <laughs> the show itself. Show. But it looks amazing. Okay, and beautiful. it's coming out in 2022 now. It was supposed to come out this year, but COVID like right. fucked it real hard. Woo! Oh, yeah. um, I've been trying to get into more anime, so I'll definitely keep an eye out for it. I have you started any? That. No. What 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 do you think that you would watch? I'm about, I'm gonna start, start Castlevania first. Yeah, I mean, if you want a good, like, American-ish yeah. anime. If you're a fucking idiot. If I'm a... <laughs> um, I, I don't know, I kind of... I like Castlevania. Yeah, Castlevania's good. I think I'm going to start, actually, with a with another movie. I think yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna try and catch up, actually, on Ghibli films. Yeah. And then I want to watch the one that Jacob recommended to me. Uh, Your Name. Your Name and Withering With You. Yeah. Or Weathering With You. Sorry. Um, I need to see that. Yeah, so I'm going to start those. I'm going to start those. And then I'm going to jump into something like Castlevania. And I really, really, really want to check out One Punch Man. Because I think Punch I would Man really like it. Yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. That's I'll what I'm going to do. Also tell you now, at your disposal, for free, because okay. you have a Netflix account. Yes. So it's not really free. Right. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yes, okay, I've heard of it. Other than Cowboy Bebop, I think it's the greatest anime of all time. And okay. there's a great movie too, and this is bizarre. It's one of Wes Anderson's favorite movies. Is End of Evangelion, which is a continuation of the show, and Wes Anderson has been cited as saying like, it's one of his top five favorite movies. Okay, and that it informs his work, which I can see because Evangelion is dysfunctional as hell. It's all about like, you know, family relationships and depression and shit yeah. like that. It's it's a cool ass show. And cool. I, I, I'll always push it on people who are thinking about watching like some good anime. Dope. And just good tell Tele- good art. Good art. It's art. It is. It. it is art. I, I think to hook you in, um, there is a scene later on in the show where two characters are in an elevator for a minute and it's silent and they're just standing and the elevator's going down and it, it's a whole minute long scene of just that. It's wonderful. Tarkovsky-esque. <laughs> it's wonderful. Tarkovsky-esque. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, I need to I need to do that. I need to like I need to watch more movies because I've just been watching TV shows the past like week and a half to two yeah. weeks. So um, I'm on a TV binge. But yeah. TV TV is good, man. I, I feel like I've been watching more TV too, mm-hmm. and I've also been reading more. Mm-hmm. I, I I know this isn't a book podcast or anything, but I read yeah. Killers of the Flower Moon, which I saw Scorsese you it, yeah. is yeah gonna make a movie of and honestly it's gonna be a hell of a movie mm-hmm. but i know the spoilers now so i can fuck you over before we please before don't we go see it i don't know the spoilers and uh i'm not a huge uh reading for pleasure kind of guy yeah you can't even read I, watchmen motherfucker i'm gonna read watchmen i'm gonna read watchmen um i'm more of a read for knowledge person like i have a shit ton of film books and stuff oh, that i yeah. read so i can't read for pleasure anymore i would rather just watch a movie 
I know that probably makes some people cringe, but like I don't know. It's just not like I used to all the time. I would read, but I I, I figured out I just can't anymore. Hey, no judgment. I mean, just some people don't have the time for it. Yeah. I think I think it's one of the things that keeps me sane is like trying to get my reading going all the time, and I and I try and make time in the day for it because it's it, you know it's time for me. Yeah, like exclusively me and my brain and this book, like. That's what I love, you know, about reading. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, unless it's bringing you some, like, kind of quality of self-care, I don't, I don't see why people would want to do it so much as, like, watch a television show, which just, like, bam. Yeah. You, know, you don't even have to put much effort into it. You can just have it on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you do have to throw yourself in a book. You're like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to get into it. Well, distraction. that's a... That's all I ever said and did this week. Um, and, I mean, is that it for you? you I mean, reckon? yeah, pretty much, man. Uh, we, um, we're we going to uh, return to the original form of this podcast with topics very soon. Yeah. Focus topics. We We've have, been... Our schedules have been quite opposite, so we haven't had time to plan anything. Um, but, I mean, as far as I can tell, people are enjoying enjoy the rambling and, and just going from topic yeah. to topic. So, you know, that's, I'm cool with that if y'all are cool with that, but I'm definitely going to have some topics and hopefully have a little surprise for you next week. Yeah. For the big the big 3-0, the big episode 30. That would be great if we could do something special for you guys, episode 30. We're going to yeah. try and make something happen. We are. Um, I need to know if, if anybody has been cataloging this shit. Does anybody know if we ever said anything in the past podcast episode about if we were going to do anything on episode 30? I know I said something about episode 50 uh, and something at the end of the year. About 30. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I've just been looking at 30 as a big number for some reason. I'll be like, ah, 30. You know? Hey, that's okay. 30 is yeah. a pretty cool number. Let's Can you do believe it. we've done 30 fucking episodes? Uh, we haven't so done we, it yet. Well, brother. we haven't done it yet. We've we done gotta, 29. we got to get past this 29, brother. Yes. Well, this has been... Mind over movies. I am going to go uh, probably go ahead and take care of the uh, body over there. So, a body, really? You think that a body is the narrative plot point that we need right now? Well, I'm. I am ashamed of you. Well, I... and as your improv partner, I'm not going to yes and that. I'm going to say no. It's a sack of potatoes. Okay, fine. The sack of potatoes. I'm just yeah. Right, go fine. deal with it. Yes and. Okay. Okay. Yes and. The sack of potatoes is rotten. It's rotten, Isaac. You left them over here too. Casey, you freaking idiot! You no. think this was an improv bit? That's a body. That's a real body you're dealing with. And now you think it's a sack of potatoes? I thought we were just calling it a sack of potatoes. You have a simple podcast. mind, you fool. I don't know why we do a podcast. I could crush you. Go sit down. Okay. Okay, bitch. You know what? Casey, wait. Episode 29 is our last. Come back.